0: Welcome back to the Secret Trend Podcast. Uh, This one, we're back to... Are we starting right Educating you, yeah. Put your phone away. Uh, So back to educational format. Today we're going to talk about how we learn. And this is one you've been pushing for the last few weeks, Garf. Do you know what we could do? We could do the, I have a thousand followers on Instagram, fitness girl. It says, everybody's been asking me how I warm up for my snatches. (laughs)
1: Everyone's been asking me where I get these socks. So I just said I put a, a link. Everyone's been asking me where I get my asshole lasers. <laughs> can we say that on the podcast? It's our own podcast. We can say whatever
0: we want. Yeah. Uh, but if you people are very interested in how we learn things uh,
1: in the realms of exercise psychology, I you wet, be talking oh, about... Wait. Oh, I thought you meant anything in ge- this w- What I was coming at was just learning anything. What oh, was it? Just a nebulous oh, concept. I
0: assumed because you all a strength and conditioning stroke sports performance podcast we talk about how we learn movements.
1: well like you can apply that same template but yeah. i tell you how i think about learning things okay this Will is gonna say, be, yeah do you want you yeah. do this do you want to know and yeah. then we can do what the science says okay so how uh, so this is how we think about like an abstra- as an abstract of how right. I, how you learn things right so learn skills i think we're both pretty good at learning new skills we're pretty. Yeah. we make the attempt and that's that's yeah. one of the things i think is my yeah we're on. how we both like we're both good at just attempting new things yeah and I think that's one of the key ones, right? But how would I, here's how I break it down in my head, right? So if you're, if you're trying to learn something and you go through the process, and you don't have to do this act physically, right? But you have, there's two kind of concepts when you're learning something, right? So you have, you have to consistency when you want to be learning something. So you have to right. immerse yourself in that. Yeah. You have to be consistent every day, right? Right. And then the second one is you need like some kind of critical thinking skills. Right. So if you were to break down then the critical thinking skills into three different subsects, right? Yeah. Thinking skills. Uh, thinking skills right so you have three different like subsections so you have like theoretical knowledge on something yeah your personal experience on something yeah and then you have kind of abstract reasoning or like a critical thinking around that particular subject so then on the other side on the other so if you imagine another family tree on the left side then you've got consistency so consistency is kind of self-explanatory right like you can't learn quantum physics in a day like no. you have to commit yourself to a concept well you might be able to <laughs> <laughs> Well, i'll tell you now what i've been doing every monday right so if you were to apply this to for example i've mentioned this to shit talk a few times and i've been listening to yeah. the the carnivore code uh book right yeah and uh i have some reservations about a lot of the stuff he's talking about right yeah so if i were to apply those three headings right so consistency i've been listening to a lot of stuff he talks about and, and nutritional stuff in general so that would be the consistency side covered So then we have the um, theoretical knowledge. So Mm with an undergrad in biochemistry and consistency learning about nutrition, I know I have enough theoretical knowledge to know I don't know anything about it. Exactly. That I know nothing. Yeah. So that's my theoretical knowledge gone, right? Yeah. So I basically have no theoretical knowledge. Yeah. Personal experience is just eating food. Or for example, he makes the arguments that say uh, you don't need to eat a lot of vegetables or fruit. You can be very selective with them. Mm -hmm. So... I didn't eat a lot of vegetables, as it was anyway, so I made the personal choice to experiment with not eating them and see what would happen, basically. I knew I wouldn't die, and I haven't died yet, and it's been about a year, and I feel pretty good, right? However, you only get two things, right? That's only two things, right? And those alone, so personal experience is probably the least worthy of learning new concepts, but I think it's still very important. So then if you look at the last reason, right? So like your abstract thinking, or like critical thought around something, so it's basically your ability to reason what they're saying, to reason with yourself, like have an argument with yourself, essentially, mm-hmm. about that concept, right? I'm aware. So he's, say, this is just an example, like, so this is not a nutrition podcast, this is just uh, uh, just an example that's at the forefront of my mind in terms of learning a new subject or immersing myself in a subject and educating myself about it. So he'll make the argument that you just need to eat nose to tail, basically. Right. Carbohydrates aren't a problem, but... They're not the main source of nutrition would be his argument, right? right? So this is all his, that's like a heavy synopsis of of his subjects, you know? Yeah. And you need to be very selective about what you eat, but you don't really need carbohydrates or not that often, okay? Would be the kind of nebulous concept. But say in this scenario, I would go from personal experience, carbohydrates are delicious, but that's yeah. not really useful. But you know, they're very useful for performance. Yeah. You know, I know my theoretical knowledge. The carbohydrates are incredibly useful for performance. But yeah. we know that without a doubt, without a shadow of doubt, strength, power, sports, carbohydrates are a necessity almost. Yeah. So his argument then would be that a lot of carbohydrate sources are, for example, not compatible with humans. They're not very compatible. Right. But then you would go from your theoretical side or your personal experience side. You would go, well, there's definitely a hole there. I don't have the theoretical knowledge to know that. But we know enough that I don't know what the gap is, but there's something wrong with his his argument there. I don't possess enough knowledge to find out what that is. He doesn't know, you know. Mm. But then you apply those different concepts. But you could go with this for something like, let's say you started a weightlifting.
0: So this is very much yeah. accruing knowledge yeah. and how you might accrue knowledge critically.
1: No, no, but this that's this is where, so I'll get yeah. to this, right. So this is where the personal experience subheading come into for me. Right. So there, you've just started of weightlifting, okay? Yeah. Just... Just, just cold in the door. you were just rammed straight in the door. Yeah. Rock you know you hard. want to be good waster. And you uh you rock hard. Your balls are soaking. <laughs> um you're a, you, you want to find the best way. You're you're a smart guy, you're yeah. a critical thinker, you're wearing your uh, trespass top eighty one hundred, right? Yeah. You're on the ball, you know what's I'm good. Thoroughly insulated. Thoroughly insulated. So you hear about the Bulgarians. Yeah. You're like the Bulgarians had the best unbeatable records. Yeah. So you're like, Well, how else? Yeah. Oh, should I try? I should absolutely train like the Bulgarians because you don't have personal experience of weightlifting yet. Yeah, as you'll soon, to, you'll soon find out. But you'll understand why the personal experience is necessary, right? Yeah. So your theoretical knowledge is non-existent because you've just started weightlifting and you don't possess any. So you apply your critical thinking since because we know you're a smart guy. Well, we, know we know you're an intelligent guy.
0: something my mom said.
1: <laughs> so, so you go well. For me, if they have the most world records,
0: yeah,
1: I'm going to train like the Bulgarians. Yeah. And unfortunately, this,
0: in this is scarily, in this, scarily true. So,
1: un- <laughs> so unfortunately, in this scenario, the personal experience is the big educator. Yeah. This smacks you in the face. Yeah. You double gain for six weeks. You get or you get injured. You're very tired. It all goes to shit. So tired all the time. So unfortunately, in that scenario, unless you had good educators, so you're on your own nothingness. Yeah. The only thing that was able to educate you there was your personal experience because your theoretical knowledge kind of lined up with your critical thinking there mm. you were like well it only makes sense if they had the most world records this is the best way to train mm-hmm. but then unfortunately you didn't know that they took a load of drugs because your theoretical knowledge was lacking no but unfortunately when you got this scenario you had to go through the personal experience and make some mistakes before you could learn say the skill of coaching or programming Yeah. but you could apply these to anything and then obviously consistency then will bring up the rest of them level yeah up I think up
0: consistency then. is just a prerequisite that has to be there that's the minimum all man. the time yeah Yeah, it's interesting because that's, I think we have two different forms of learning, you know, Mm -hmm. and like what the learning we're talking about here is like accruing knowledge, you know, Mm -hmm. and accruing correct knowledge. Yeah. uh, Because a lot of people accrue a lot of things that aren't, they're either true, but they can't apply them correctly, or else they're applying things correctly that aren't quite true. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? So they're either either 100% correct. Yeah. But contextually, they're incredibly incorrect. So that or would be else, the Bulgarian, for yeah, example. Yes. Yeah. It's,
1: it's correct. They did have the best world records. Absolutely. So in theory, that is the best way to train. But we know it's not.
0: Yeah. But contextually, yeah. Dara is going to die. <laughs> <Do you know? laughs> but then, yeah. then there's the interesting side. So like, I think you can become a very skilled learner. Mm-hmm. Like... With like physical skills too, with physical. Absolutely, and it's yeah. it's different skills and there's different things that are important. But like, you can become really, really good at passing college exams without doing any work in college. Oh, you sure can. Like, <laughs> you're talking to somebody who has two degrees who did not a tap. Like, yeah. I. you can get phenomenally good at reading a marking rubric mm-hmm. and saying, I need to get three out of five in this section. Yeah, And then I'll do under, like, do you, know, you get really good at passing exams. And it's very similar to a way whereby you can get really good at accruing knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then there's a separate scale of like accruing knowledge is watching QI mm-hmm. and being like, do you know how much vitamin A is in a polar bear liver? <laughs> like and but unless yeah. you understand the context yeah. and you can yeah. apply that knowledge correctly, it, it's virtually useless. Like that,
1: that would be the critical thinking. Yeah. I thought the context to your knowledge and experience.
0: And it's like Brian O'Driscoll had a great, a great press conference early enough on in his career. And people were talking to him, the difference between knowledge and the, and wisdom. Mm-hmm. So they're saying like, you've so much knowledge about the game. Mm-hmm. Or they might have been saying it about another player. And he said like, knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit, mm-hmm. but wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. <laughs> and that is like the, the yeah. two different, like there has to be consistency across both, right? Because yeah. you can be hugely contextually intelligent with your sports and your studies or whatever. And you don't put in any of the time to learn the theory. Yeah. So you've none of these ideas to apply, mm-hmm. or else you can spend all the time over at innovation and fucking looking yeah. at everything. Yeah. And you've no ability to apply any of that in the real world.
1: And like, unfortunately, then if you have huge amounts of theoretical knowledge, so for example, if you were to take wait a thing again, because it's very simple. So you, you decided I'm going to spend two years learning as much as I can. I'm going to listen to every secret strength podcast, every YouTube video. I'm going nice. to read every article, read all the Russian manuals. I'm going to update my theoretical knowledge my fucking uh, my glass cylinder is going to be so full of theoretical knowledge <laughs> when I come out the gates every session is going to be perfect yeah but unfortunately it just won't work like that you won't learn how to be a coach you won't learn how to be a good waylifter because you have to have your personal experience ticked off yeah you know
0: and I, I think that's what a lot of people miss out on I think that's why so many sporting exercise scientists like going on work placement is important right mm-hmm you're talking to somebody who I shouldn't be saying this on a podcast, but did the work experience in their own gym for their work placement ah, because I had just opened the gym yeah. and I obviously wasn't going to work for somebody else for free for six months. Mm-hmm. That's so unbelievable. Like, we've both done it working for people for free mm-hmm. and getting that, mm-hmm. those like yeah. hours of mapping gym floors, you know? Yeah. Like, it's.
1: Well, mapping glass speakers. <laughs> <laughs> Like but the, you do, like, yeah, you yeah, do yeah. have to work for,
0: yeah. just to build up that, like, real pl- practicable knowledge.
1: Yeah. Um, That'd be like, so in the, in the job context, like, that would be the personal experience, like. Absolutely, yeah. Like, working for free. Um, I, the problem with working for free now is people like Gary Vee have, and we oh, and we do like Gary They've Vee, ruined it. But they've ruined it where you just, like, you know, you message someone and you're, like, I'm going to give you a free video or Yeah. We had an experience like that. Something something like yeah. that, you know? That's not what we mean. We mean like you actually do a full job for them for free. Absolutely yeah. You know, and I, I did it for a couple of months out of college in a in a lab and uh I they obviously paid off in the Absolutely, end. Absolutely know? yeah. But that You became a scientist <laughs> And now look at me. So that is the person experience, you know, and it none of them I think you can, like in the case of athletes, like where they can really get by on just personal experience. Yeah. Because their coach will take off that theoretical knowledge and then their coach will take off <laughs> that critical thinking, abstract thought, you know, the kind of reasoning. So that, that box is, is just totally eliminated from them. So then they can maximize that person.
0: And that's the coach's job, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think the athlete, it's very hard for an athlete to get by without the practical Mm-hmm. like without them understanding how to take care of their hands yeah. without them understanding like the basics of being an athlete you know like times they need to go to bed what they need to be eating like all the, the theoretical stodgy stuff that goes along with being a coach at a certain level
1: mm-hmm.
0: that just slows an athlete down absolutely and like I think if, if we we're to talk about a common problem a lot of amateur weightlifters have is they try and be the coach and the athlete. Oh my god! And they yeah. try and make being the coach the most important part of their training. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like being the fucking athlete is the best, or being the ba- athlete is the most important part of being an athlete. Yeah, it's not you worrying about this. It's mm-hmm. not you worrying about that. It's you going and training, and then you turning that training into a competition performance. Mm-hmm. And the like, we're in a privileged position. Where we get to talk to a lot of weightlifters powerlifters and people who lift weights every day yeah uh but if if i was being honest mm-hmm. i think a lot of people fall down it's that paralysis through analysis if you're being a coach go and be that analytical mm-hmm. and look at everything and slow yourself down and like pay attention to all these different things if you're an athlete and you really really worry about being an athlete you need to hand that to somebody else, mm-hmm. or else you need to have such a bank of knowledge in that area where you sit down for one week at start or two few days at start for every month. Mm-hmm. You write out your program and you don't question it.
1: Do you know who the people? I know you know the answer to this, but I'm gonna type that question for people listening. Right. Do you know who the people who progress the fastest with that we coach? Yeah, Is the people who don't <laughs> even think about <laughs> one thing. It's like two sets, two sets, okay, two sets. Okay, yeah. Okay, see you next. Okay, I'll. I'll send it to you tomorrow. Two yeah. sets. Okay, two sets, perfect. They don't
0: even say that, they just send the two videos tomorrow. They
1: don't go can I? <laughs> they don't go what if? They yeah. don't fucking go, What if this happens? They don't they, they nope. don't two sets. All right, I got this. And they are the people who progress the fastest and most consistently. Because they in one so the problem is you're just expelling mental capital there, right? Mm. So this is a bit of a tangent, but this is kind of you know, you've you've gotta learn where you are. I suppose this is kind of the abstract thought of that, you know, that they know that they're the least they trust me or you 100% and they know that if this is what they need to do, the most important thing they need to do is go do that. Yeah. The people, I honest to God, and like I see this more every year, the people who don't question stuff, they don't even consider, like, they feel, they're upset if they don't finish what we've told them to. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're like, they could have broken their leg and they're like, oh, uh, I wasn't able to do the cleans tonight. Um, (laughs) You know, whereas you get people who are like, I did this by myself for I just added in. Yeah,
0: I wanted to add in muscle snatch, over overhead squat before I did my max.
1: They, honest to God, like the people who don't even consider changing it are the people who yeah. progress the fastest, and that doesn't necessarily mean, for example, that our theoretical knowledge of that programming is the best in the world, right? No, that I'm not saying it's not because obviously it is, but you oh, know, like uh, we'll just be yeah. we'll be humble for a second. Everyone
0: who's listening knows as well.
1: But it's the fact that they're applying themselves. So they've just taken that personal experience part of learning that and maximized yeah. it to the bit. Like they've just pushed it to the limit. And so they don't even have any mental capital left for thought processes that would include abstract thinking or theoretical knowledge. Mm. They're just like mm, lift. Yeah. That's it. And that's. R- and they, they always progress the fastest. Yeah. So you've got to draw the line. Um, if but th- I think as yeah. well, because
0: of a lot of the people we coach are hugely interested in weightlifting. Yeah. they're interested in like the theory they're interested in the sport yeah, and it's absolutely a okay yeah if somebody is like uh, I want to know everything, yeah I want to ask everything i want to that's absolutely fine that's what we're here for, you know,
1: but but Hayden's a great example of that.
0: Hayden is a great example, but yeah the it's like you just have to weigh that up if you want to be a coach in ten years' time. Mm-hmm then you need to ask these questions now. Yeah. You know, you, need it. you needed to ask these questions five years ago, but yeah, yeah. you need to ask the questions now. Mm-hmm. If you want to be involved in a club and get everyone lifting with good technique and, and understand progression and understand programming, you need to ask these questions. But if you're an athlete, and some people are and some people are, not and I'm not going to talk shit about anyone, mm-hmm. but if you're somebody who really cares about competition performance, like judging by everything I've ever seen mm-hmm. the best lifters ever don't yeah. don't question anything like Rick Verse last week
1: yeah oh my god phenomenal example of that yeah coach. in coaches says why what kind of loading do you do well, sometimes it's not sometimes it's heavy sometimes there's two attempts sometimes there's ten attempts it's just you know, we've
0: gotten to the stage where we don't even ask lifters what no, their programs look no, like no there's
1: actually no point anymore uh, it's just we've, we talked to Sam about this before you know yeah. I, I would like to talk to some you know, truly elite part of this. But the problem is, right, no. is because all of them have come from amateurs and most of them are self taught. So they usually end up with uh they had to figure out how to do it themselves, you know? Yeah. So like I'm not gonna comment. <laughs> but back to the original subject of the podcast, you know, so these are these are examples of but you could apply this to learning how to make sourdough bread.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Your your accruing knowledge of how to do something.
1: Yeah. The personal experience is always the most important thing. Yeah. Or not sorry, the most important thing. It's it's you can't let it go. You just cannot. Mm. Like theoretical knowledge is something that takes a long time to accrue, you know. You just have to that's part of that consistency, like that other subheading we had, you know, you just have to spend your time doing something to accrue that knowledge the yeah. theoretical. Because you know how exam you talked about exams a minute ago and like how fast do you forget all that information the next day yeah. the next week
0: oh I didn't even
1: know it in the first place <laughs> like you, you you don't have it anymore you know so that, yeah. that that's not that skill isn't applicable like you know the actual theoretical knowledge of a subject takes a very long time to yeah. worm its way into your brain so in the meantime though you've got to be applying personal knowledge yeah and that validates and I think the personal knowledge or personal experience sorry.
0: personal experience becomes um, that's very very accumulative you know mm-hmm. like you like you becoming a skillful learner means you're skillful at learning new things all the time. Yeah. You know, and like I think that is something for both of us that we're obsessed with learning new things. Yeah. Like we're in my office now and there is hunting stuff, there's guitar luthier stuff, there's a jigsaw because I put down the floor last week. There's more gun cleaning stuff. There's but that just a fear? mountain climbing stuff.
1: But it's that just a fear of having free time though. <laughs> Because <laughs> is that like, a
0: fear of spending time with friends
1: i did i did need to learn to play the ukulele and make sourdough bread that's yeah. okay like I, I just i even consciously think about trying to learn new skills i am conscious of it, i think you know. it's
0: incredibly important yeah. i also think it's very very important and valuable to have something in your life that you're incredibly bad at mm-hmm. you know like yeah. nothing makes me more humble than fucking something up consistently for an hour or two mm-hmm. and then i'll go back to writing programs you know
1: like the pump you get from needing sourdough bread because it's too wet and you spend an hour <laughs> doing it and it only take 10 minutes no, yeah I don't, I don't know anything about
0: that but you know I, I think that is that level of um like constantly learning something new mm-hmm. you don't have to get to a mastery level Mm-mm. you know like you don't need to play the fucking whatever symphony on ukulele yeah, yeah. you just need to be able to take your ukulele out into a field and play it to whatever hippies are going to listen to someone playing a ukulele moderately well.
1: Show me s- someone who's playing a ukulele that's not happy. Show me one person. Even if they're playing a sad song they're still kind of happy, you know.
0: Can you play a sad song on ukulele? I
1: don't think there's such a thing. Yeah. But everything unless up-
0: you played like somewhere over the rainbow at a funeral.
1: No, but it would still sound kind of upbeat, yeah. you know. It'd be kind of slightly positive. Yeah. It'd be good vibes like.
0: Yeah, it'd be incredibly good vibes.
1: Be four strings, you know. Four upbeat strings. <laughs>
0: Every string after four is is bad. new <laughs>
1: vibes. Yeah, anything gone forward, yeah, it's no bueno.
0: Yeah, but yeah. So being a skillful learner, and this is like the segue I wanted to bring into physical literacy and learning physical skills, and the difference between the two is mm. being a skillful learner is applicable across both because one of the big things is that critical thinking and that ability to say, like to chunk pieces of data together. So we've always talked about uh, learning a new skill is like you've your three phases of, first you have declarative, so driving the car is the thing again. Uh, To change gear, I have to press in the clutch, then I move my hand off the steering wheel onto the gear knob, I go from first gear to second gear, then I release the crutch, then I accelerate, then I put my hand back on the steering wheel. And that's declarative that's your stage one that's when a child is starting to walk and they look at their feet every time they take a step and they kind of fall over because sometimes they forget to shift their weight stage two is the chunking of that data
1: or that keeps happening sometimes (laughs) (laughs) so
0: (laughs) so chunking or uh associative stages of learning would be i associate this with this it's pattern recognition like you'll always hear rogan talking about oh man Pattern recognition is just something I'm good at. Like Joe Rogan, for all his qualms I might have about him, Joe Rogan's an incredibly good learner. He has a huge amount of knowledge about in a huge, vast amount of categories. And what he does a lot of the time is he chunks things. He recognizes the pattern. He knows that when the engine revs a certain amount, he'll press the clutch and he'll change the gear lever at the same time. He knows once he leaves off the clutch, he'll press the accelerator at the same time. The last phase then, and the phase that I think a lot of people find it hardest to get to because they miss out on consistency is they don't go from associative to autonomic. And autonomic is the person just driving down the road never ever thinks about anything. Obviously, driving in this case is a bad example because we do it all the time. But when you have people who are doing a sport as a hobby or a pastime, they might like training and they're kind of doing a bit of weightlifting, so they might train three, four days a week, two or three of those days they have weightlifting movements in them. So like your crossfitter is the example. They'll never go beyond the associative stage and they're always in, or sorry, yeah, and they're always having to chunk pieces of data together. The way you go from associative where you're chunking pieces of data together. Uh, so like say maybe you grab the bar out wide and you tighten your back at the same time and then you drop your hips and pull the bar into you at the same time. Or on the pull, you think about chest up, knees back, or whatever it is. The reason they don't do that is because they don't have the consistency to just rehash that over and over and over again. And that's the only difference between the really high level elite performers in certain skills and the person who's kind of, we'll say, at a, a relatively okay level, you know.
1: You know, that kind of makes me think about the topic of, you know, spinning your wheels. So yeah. you can have, if you have, you know, your your critical thinking, abstract thinking, your theoretical knowledge and your personal experience in the middle. So your personal experience, if you only apply personal experience to something without trying to update your theoretical knowledge on something yeah. or, you know, your prior kind of critical thought to something, is you can forever be shit at that. So you can cook steaks every day for five years and if you don't look at how someone else does it, you don't ask someone or you don't you don't apply... Critical thinking. So you can either go I can go look at a cookbook or watch some videos of a very good chef who cooks steak and then I can learn from this, so that would be updating my theoretical. Or I can go I'm gonna apply personal experience here, but I'm gonna apply some abstract thought to here and I'm gonna try putting bananas on my steak. Now yeah. one of these is probably more efficient than the other and we'll get to that in a minute about learning from other people. But this you've got to try update some of these to a certain extent more yeah. often than not if you're not learning for someone. So cooking that steak is the same thing as trying to learn how to snatch. Yeah. If you don't try and update your theoretical knowledge on the snatch, you won't learn. So if you're constantly missing in front and you don't try something new in training and you don't try theoretically imp- improve your knowledge of why you're missing in front, you'll forever be missing in front. Yeah. You will never figure it out. And you could spend five, 10, 15 years doing the same thing, spinning your wheels. <laughs> so that's why personal experience doesn't do it by itself, you know?
0: No, and I think... That's why just consistency doesn't do it either. Mm-hmm. And when you look at physical literacy as a an area of study, an interesting thing of when you see people who are very good at learning skills or you'll put like you'll get people in you can group them by uh, you're showing them how to throw a tennis ball with their bad hand. yeah people with a high degree of variance actually learn skills very very quickly. and what people don't understand is you think variance is bad, you know you think you want consistency do the same thing all the time if you're consistently doing the incorrect movement all the time, you'll never find anything new. So having some degree of variance across your movement or having some degree of variance across how you execute whatever skill it is can actually make you a much more efficient learner.
1: So that would be, if you were to put that to a physical skill, let's say you were trying to learn something like the back squat. So everyone here listening to this podcast has almost certainly done a back squat at some point. So if you're new to learning the back squat, there's ways you could Teach someone how to back squat efficiently. So what you do is you could calibrate their in ranges of motion. So you could go to real extreme ranges of motion or joint angles to either side of this until slowly your body adapts slowly and it kind of narrows down that in range of motion. So like you would if you're calibrating a balance, you'd put on the most the heaviest weight and then the lightest weight. A balance. A balance. <laughs> So you would like put the bar really far up on your neck and then you would start with only your hips. And you don't bend your knees until your hips are at full extension or full, you know, yeah. and then you would learn. So that would be the worst scenario. And then you go back the other way and you would only try bend your knees without, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. extending your hips or whatever. So you would do this, you know, like in, your squat, like like perfect <laughs> squat. So you would only, you know, you would calibrate these in range of motion. And so that would kind of segue back into your abstract hold, or Absolutely. I'm just going to figure something out. And what? what people don't understand is that helps when you, you learn
0: yeah and when you see kids learning things yeah when you see a kid running yeah it looks bad man it's, super it's like dick can't even run <laughs> but what i like what that is is like kids are learning new things all the time mm-hmm. like a kid knows something this week that he had no idea what it was last week yeah and it's not that they're <laughs> it's not that they're, i'm gonna be a skillful learner like i'll go to school early no it's it's like very much just something that's innate in them. There's a huge amount of variance in how kids move around. You'll see they'll squat down to pick something up sometime, then they'll just bend over and hinge it at, at the next time. They're constantly moving through different solutions to the problem. It's like somebody with a whole toolbox full of screwdrivers and they'll just jab a different screwdriver into that hole each time trying to get that screw to
1: loosen. I feel like that sometimes. <laughs> so... If you think about what you're learning, right, and so subjects you're learning from, you also need to be aware that you're basically learning from someone else all the time. So you're not doing anything new. Almost (laughs) never. There's no subject that you're doing that someone... No, no, Garth, my situation is so unique. You you see, what you're doing (laughs) isn't unique, you know, so what you're learning from, you're always learning from people. And so... Free, the, the performance strength fitness injury industry, industry is, is one of these where you really need to be able to apply critical thinking to what mm. who you're learning from because there's so many people out there who uh there's a name for applying an argument that is incorrect but because the argument is so charismatic it is very convincing of people. So you'll get people who are phenomenal speakers, yeah. Make great infographics, yeah, very confident. They'll yeah. you know, apply things that will convince you. But they're what they're actually telling you is fully incorrect, like without a shadow, without incorrect. Yeah, <laughs> See, the problem with this industry then is you need personal like experience. The carnivore diet book. <laughs> no, Paul is going to be fair But um but <laughs> it, um, it, it's like that Joel Seaman fella, you know, with the uh, the night, the giant angles fella, you know, you know him, no. the, the guy he does all the like the pause. Of, oh my god, but he, yeah, he convinces people, you know, yeah, and he applies very good arguments but this could be a, a little bit of anything you know but we'll keep it relevant to people listening for once uh, so those arguments you know it convinces people obviously it's convincing yeah. someone he has a 400 page ebook or whatever yeah so then unfortunately if you don't have all three of these boxes ticked it's very hard for you to be like oh so if you have a low level of like personal experience if you have a low level of theoretical knowledge and if you don't have great critical thinking skills in general and then you don't you're, war- you're crushed again because you don't have personal experience theoretical. Yeah. You might go, "Oh, he's a revolutionary. He knows exactly what he's doing, you know? Yeah. You might come into this and you may be the one in a thousand people who are very critical thinking, who have great abstract thought, you know, they'll be like, I don't see anyone else doing what he's doing, so this is probably yeah. wrong, you know, intuitively. But most people are like, oh, fuck, this is unbelievable, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you need to always, so that's what I was saying about Sartre, about what Paul Saladino, for example, is saying in the Carnivore book. I like a lot of things he's saying, but I I don't think everything he's saying is correct, and I think he's obviously biased in his argument because that's where he's coming from. Yeah, and I don't think he's malicious in his argument. And to be honest, Joel Seaman's probably not malicious in his argument either. Oh, probably a little bit. has to have a mental defect. <laughs> but but then you have to understand that everything you're learning is coming from someone. Yeah, like you absolutely. Are, it's um and it's uh, the, the talk about like, evolution is why humans got so far is because we were to pass on knowledge. You know, yeah, like. A rat can teach its daughter or its son something and then that's it. It might die with them, you know. Whereas humans we were able to pass on a lot of knowledge over years. So you're always learning something from someone. So you need to be really aware of what they're teaching you. Yeah. Like you're listening to us, so you need to be aware of what we're teaching you. And uh, you just have to believe everything we are saying, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, to be honest, that's where
0: my love with a lot of like contributors to this industry and contributors to a lot of industry... Uh, wanes because people get attached to like ways of training uh they get attached to diet protocols Mm -hmm. they get attached to recovery protocols they get attached to certain brands and like look brands are great for selling things Mm -hmm. you know like we're seeker strength brand we have hell yeah brother hell yeah (laughs) but we have everything you know like a great way a great way for us to sell the suit strength band brand would be uh gurf only did this squat program squat 290 mm-hmm. this is the only squat program that works no other squat program works yeah. and you push a rhetoric people have to make money you know yeah. and like i think we don't really push that rhetoric loads of other squat programs work mm-hmm. we just think ours works better than any other ones it does like yeah but we don't <laughs> I think the amount of companies that push a rhetoric yeah. and that's what being a good learner is about is like, OK, look, um, I get the pictures of the vegan cows and all that are very, very sad, but maybe just eating grass isn't the best thing for me. Mm-hmm. And like you're a deeply critical thinker. Like, I think we're both very, very critical possibly to the point of closing off opportunities to ourselves.
1: So You you are, what I do in my head all the time, right, is I think about if what if someone had an argument with me about this, do I have a good answer for everything I'm saying? Yeah,
0: but yet you still have these like every so often just like this little pop off, you know, Yeah. like maybe it is better to get all your uh, carbohydrates from like really high sugary sources and then you just get a quick spike instead of a prolonged spike. And that's like, that has to come from somewhere, you know, that's not, You don't pick that from the the ether, you know. So everybody gets some form of like shit from everywhere, you know. Mm -hmm. I have opinions about people I haven't even met, yeah, yeah, because I just, Joe, I'd see something about them or I'd see something about this, and it's like, no thought is truly critical, yeah, and like being
1: original, like independence,
0: yeah, like having a good bullshit filter is the same thing as being a good learner, and is the same thing as being a good. Like an efficient learner of physical skills as well.
1: Like you can know something is almost certainly not correct, but you do not have to prove it. Yeah. So it's like what I'm saying again it starts like so. It was a, it was an example where I don't think it doesn't make sense that, for example, vegetables and fruit and all that like are as bad as it would imply from what he's saying. You know. Yeah. What I did like from what he was saying is organs are probably a better way of getting these nutrients, but intuitively right i don't know enough about nutrition evolutionary science all of this stuff to be like well this is here where you're wrong you know because he provides very good arguments you know it's all backed up with uh, references to studies biochemistry he understands it truly well very very well but i don't need to know what he's wrong to know that i feel like he's wrong you know and i know that sounds really shitty compared to what we'd always say but you can lack the knowledge, but have the intuition to just go, this doesn't seem correct. Yeah, I might not be able to prove why it's not correct. But then you end up with stuff like being like, vaccines are the Illuminati. <laughs> it does feel yeah. like it's wrong, you know? Yeah. you know, so And
0: you- that's you can't always go with that feeling. Yeah. Like an example of a truly altered level of belief I had was when I was training first, I'd say I was like, maybe when I was like 16 or 17, mm-hmm. I was truly convinced that overtraining was a myth. Because I listened to every single thing that told me, oh, like, look at the CrossFitters. They train four or five times a day. This is in, like, mm-hmm. oh, what year is this? This is a while ago anyway, uh, 10 years ago, so, 2010, yeah. 2009, 2010. Uh, overtraining is a myth. It doesn't really exist. And I just kind of took this as, like, okay, the people I listen to say these things, right? It's completely irrelevant to the fact that every single CrossFit athlete I was seeing was undoubtedly on performance enhancing drugs. <gasps> Shock, horror, right? Mm. And then I go to a university. At, this is years later now. So mm. this thought has been planted there. Mm-hmm. And I go to university years later. I'm already coaching. I'm comp- like, Joe, I'm training now. Uh, I have go to university and I go into an exercise physiology class where they start talking about overtraining. And I'm saying what are the boys talking about? Yeah. Overtraining, submit. And it literally took t- three or four weeks of me going to exercise physiology to be like,
1: oh, <laughs> oh I was so <laughs> utterly <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah, that that is like... yeah. It The problem then is, is you don't, you know, when you're learning things again is you have your own biases. Yeah. You're heavy with your own biases and these are very, very hard to change. So a lot of times it's... Um, you have to be subtle but people you yeah. have to be
0: you have to make them think yeah, they different. thought it themselves
1: yeah. it's got to be subtle it's like abstract kind of
0: do you think it was a good idea to do those extra squats
1: it's it, t- soft power is what they call it for China's propaganda
0: do you feel good after training yesterday
1: Oh, is it your knees are? Your knees feel good when they're hot and sore do they
0: oh how do you feel now on Monday after the weekend on the absolute
1: fucking rantan I'll ask you that now Monday. yeah 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 oh you ask me that every Monday <laughs> Uh, but you've, you've got to be aware of your own biases absolutely especially when it comes to that critical thinking part because you might think oh no no I'm being really critical like yeah. oh, I am no 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 <laughs> no 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 I know no he's wrong like you know yeah but you just you and the problem with your own biases is it's almost impossible to be self-objective yeah hopefully what you can have is a lot of personal experience and theoretical knowledge and some of your friends be like you're a fucking idiot but the problem is is you need to be open to being for example your friend saying you're a dumbass you know yeah Oh, 100%. But a lot of people aren't like but that. But
0: how many times every week do we call each other out? Right?
1: Yeah, shut up, Fitz. That's, yeah. it, how many yeah. times
0: do you tell me to shut up every week?
1: Well, usually happens in is you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: oh, I sure, couldn't it? Joe, like, Jeez yeah. fags aren't that bad for performance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I might
0: say that two or three times, and Gertrude, like, Fitz, shut the fuck up. Or yeah. you'll be like, yeah. no, I think it's better if I get all my carbohydrates and jellies. And yeah. it'll be like, shut up, you fat little fucker. <laughs> Do you know, like yeah. that's so important, yeah. And yeah. I think people miss out on that because, yeah, especially with uas like yeah. adult onset athletes, mm-hmm. they come into this in their own little journey, you know. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, we we'll go and we'll join a gym on our own, you know, and not mm-hmm. join a gym with a few other lads because we're a bit older now, and you go, you go and do things on your own finally, yeah, uh, and you. You get into this little community it's your little bubble and then mm. it's your youtube and you're watching all the videos on youtube and yeah. it all happens yeah inside your brain yeah and then like you're like oh i'm so much fitter yeah like joe i should have used rpe all along i think what we should finish the podcast on is yeah. give people some actual tips on how to learn physical skills faster I can kick that off if you want.
1: Wait, that's probably another subject another day. This is a very Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually. This is probably it's pretty out there.
0: Uh, we've also gotten called out a lot in the last two weeks for saying we're going to do podcasts on things and did then we? not doing them. Yeah. Who's in that? Uh, Shawnee, Aaron, uh, Victor Kong did it as well, I think.
1: What did he say we'd do? Uh, what did we say we'd do?
0: We we started numerous series and not finished them.
1: Oh, just the nutrition one. Yeah. That was lockdown. Yeah. Lockdown depression. Yeah,
0: lads, we were sad. Like, we 1. weren't going to leave our
1: oh. house. Yeah, one um, pi- that was not you couldn't leave your house. Yeah, just. but we will do one.
0: Actually, let's do that, actually. We'll do, like, five or six tips on how to learn physical skills better. We'll do that next week.
1: There's probably a YouTube one.
0: Yeah. And um, we'll do a podcast on it as well, though, because that's quite
1: lengthy and worthy. No, the YouTube's like that. Yeah. Mostly YouTube's YouTube are video half an hour long.
0: And a podcast. We can. Uh, okay, last few things. Right. The, we're both very very critical people right? right and i mentioned earlier we're critical people to the point whereby i think we might have lost out on things along the way that you'd be so critical right no way and i'm gonna talk <laughs> no i'm gonna just how that happens is yeah we spoke about the athlete at the start and the athlete overthinking things mm-hmm. and if that person wants to be a coach or whatever that's absolutely fine but in terms of sports performance it's super important you just go and train. Yeah. And in terms of, like, same way, in terms of getting to be smart, it's super important you go and read loads of books or whatever. Don't watch YouTube videos. But the being a critical thinker or being overly critical means sometimes you're just like, oh, static stretching is so meh. Mm -hmm. It's so 2010. I'm not going to static stretch. That's for losers. Yeah. And then you still have tight ankles next year. Like, at a certain point, you need to say, okay, At this stage in humanity, we currently don't understand everything that goes on. But look, the lads do this and it works quite well for him. Maybe I'll just do that and it works quite well for him. Maybe I'll eat what everybody else on the planet eats and I'll be absolutely fine. Maybe I don't have to eat anus
1: cavities. Maybe you do though. (laughs) There's a lot to that.
0: There's a lot to that, yeah.
1: The problem is you can think you are very adept at being a critical thinker. Like. And you may not be.
0: The science, the religious science. Yes. Oh, no. You know, like the yeah. church of science. Yeah. Where people are like, oh, if there's not a peer reviewed study on it, I'm not doing it. Like. Yeah. You know, you, you do miss out on things. Oh, 100%. And you do miss out on some very effective modalities of
1: training or yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah.
0: Because your favorite science reviewer hasn't done it yet.
1: I think what I've gotten better is, and I I think we're both are, is just. So we're way like I don't think we're ever very attached to ideas, but we've definitely gotten way less than, for example, some of our YouTube comments would imply. You oh know, people God, are yeah. like so black, cut and dry, black and white. Yeah. Like, just <laughs> to bring it back to the first example, like you haven't seen me not stop eating vegetables or no. like oats or stuff. No. But no, I'm no. like, maybe I should eat some more organs. Maybe that would be better. Yeah. You know, this you don't have to be like, you. No, he uses RPE, and you need to understand. <laughs> that RP RPE is super important, you know? Yeah. Whereas you could be like, oh, maybe RP isn't great. I'll keep using because it it's been working well for me. Interesting yeah. what the lads are saying, though. Yeah, you it's know?
0: interesting. Oh, you have another six months left in this block. Yeah. Performing the next competition. Yeah. Uh, maybe afterwards, I'll look into percentage based.
1: Like, I'm not smacking vegetables out of your hand. Not that you eat no. them anyway, you fat cunt.
0: <laughs> no, no, I certainly don't.
1: <laughs> no, neither of us do. It wasn't that Was hard. That vegetables to. vegetables Nutella? Uh, hazelnuts. Don't get me started on hazelnuts. Oh, my God.
0: What are wrong, What's wrong with hazelnuts?
1: Uh, I can't remember. I There's think
0: something that, wrong with palm oil as well.
1: Oh well, vegetable oils are a common thing among people. They're not even the zealots of like carnivore and stuff. A lot of people are not enough for that. The pufas. Sorry, I, my brain. We better not off start to here. Uh, yeah. So that was a that was an, a, a chunky podcast there to think about, right? Um, thicky. it's not the same as this. And Ritfarer saying the coach told me to do it, and I'm clean jerking two and three no. kilos, no. which he did yesterday. Fair fucks But very legit. But you're listening the to podcast to learn. Yeah. So imagine if we turned a lot of people off this podcast. They're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The, the lads, lads aren't are
0: going to tell me anything here. Yeah. Some of our favorite clients are people who want to be good coaches and understand the sport fully and ask the most adept questions. We asked the question on the members page the other day. Yeah. So for those of you who aren't on programs, all the members of Seeker Trend programs are on like a private Facebook group and they we do a lecture for them every Monday or Tuesday. And we asked them last weekend for a few ideas for lectures because we'd run through a good few about like home training and things like that. And we just wanted something new. We got like 25
1: suggestions. Yeah, it's see that that's actually a great example of you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. You might think you know everything, but you don't know until someone puts it in your face. Exactly.
0: Yeah, stop Gurf is after taking a knife off the wall here and he's aggressively stabbing the air with it.
1: Fabulous knife. Yeah. That's well sat in there like that. Yeah. It's a nice handle, isn't it? Oh, it's a great knife. That they knife you've seen easy. a lot of action. Yeah. Um See you tomorrow for the shit talk lads. Thanks guys. Just um thanks for everyone on Spotify who went and followed us because now we're we got well over a thousand followers on Spotify. Ooh. So if we could like the next goal is like obviously two thousand. Well, ten thousand. Ten thousand. Ten thousand. But if you if you are on Spotify, you just go follow us. And then that's probably the most out- oh, so iTunes the review and rating. Right. I'll stop waving the knife in a second. And then so aggressive. And then uh And uh, Spotify is just following us. So that's basically the only ways you can promote the podcast. But it does a lot on iTunes if you like and you leave reviews. So multiple, five star only, obviously. Leave a little speed. We got a really nice one there the other week. We did get a really nice one, yeah. Yeah. um, And then... People are very kind. And then just follow on. Uh, Spotify helps. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you.